Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. I am very blessed today because I have Kevin Friesen, my co-host, on board with me. How are you doing, Kev? Yeah, good. How are you, Brandy? I'm a little under the weather, but I'm I'm getting back. I'm getting back there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's nice to be back. I have missed too many weeks, and I don't like it, but I'm happy to be back with you here. Okay, I know the audience has missed you too, my darling, so we're we're glad to have you back. Um, (laughs) We do have a really great show for everyone today. Last week we had Brian Lorenzi on, and he told his story, and his story is just so phenomenal. He's got so much more to teach that we're welcoming him back this week. Um, However, Kevin and I are Canadian. And we both love our country and we love people. And there was a a bit of a tragedy that happened uh, this week uh, in Canada. Um, Some of you may have heard of it. And Kevin and I just wanted to offer our our prayers and our thoughts to the hockey players and the families uh, that are going through this tragedy. And I know Kevin and I cannot spend a lot of time talking about this at the moment because we're both uh, quite emotional about it. Um, But... Well, just our thoughts and prayers go out go out to the people that are going through this horrible tragedy right now, and we hope that uh, that uh, they they feel strength from the people around them. So I don't know if Kev, you wanted to say anything, but well, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because yeah. I'm actually from Saskatchewan, where <clears throat> not far from where it happened. Uh, from well, I'm from Swift Current, and we had. Uh, a bus crash with our hockey team, our junior hockey team, ironically, also named the Broncos. And that was um, 1986, and we lost four players on that bus crash, um, one of which was a friend that I, I played hockey with, and um, uh, the other one was my next-door neighbor. And, you know, we all went to school together. Um, and it, it hit our community so hard, and... You know, that was over 30 years ago, and we're still talking about it. And um, and and I was saying to you, Brandy, earlier, just messaging you, um, Swift Current is about 16,000 people, and we lost four players. Humboldt, where this crash just happened on Friday, they're a town of about 6,000, and they lost 15. Um, so they're, you know, a third of the size and had four times the casualties. I can't even imagine what that community is going through. And... And my um, my friend reached out to me on on the weekend as well after it happened, and his cousin was on that bus, and she's the athletic trainer, um, and she's in the hospital right now fighting for her life. She's in a coma with brain swelling, and so I just I mean, I, yeah, I mean you said it great, Brandy, but we just our thoughts and prayers are with everyone there, and and. Uh, Saskatchewan is such an amazing place to be from, and we're we're a very very small community. And um, you know, when something happens in Saskatchewan, it it really does affect us all. So, um, yeah, just thoughts and prayers for all of them, and can't say much more. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny how that's why we do Team Wells Radio because life is confusing and it doesn't make sense and it's unfair, and hopefully together our stories and, and our compassion, and our love will uh, 
help people overcome these tragedies. So, yeah. And on, and on top of that, um, you and I, Brandy, have spent our lives working with with teenagers and young people, and and so you know this tragedy also took the lives of so many young people, and that's what really sucks. Um, not not that it would be any less tragic if they weren't teenagers, but it just really hits home. So, yeah. just want everybody out there to know, man. Oh, we love you so much, and uh, don't don't take it lightly, hey. Whew, yeah, sorry to start the note off, <laughs> the yeah. show off on such a heavy note, everyone, but it's just, it's kind of hit both of us pretty hard, so we just wanted to offer our words of encouragement to the families going through all of this. But <laughs> let's um, let's get back to our guest, um, because his story is absolutely incredible, and he's helping save lots of young lives with his message. So, uh, Brian, thank you for listening to us for the beginning. <laughs> uh, we just wanted to share those words uh, with Canadians and anyone else that's uh, struggling with this tragedy. Um, Br Brian um, is—he was on with us last week, and his story was so incredible. So, for those of you that are tuning in for the first time, I'm just going to introduce Brian and have him kind of tell you a quick, quick version of his amazing story, and then he's going to start to share with us some of the content that he shares with the youth that he currently works with. So, so Brian, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, and um, I'd like to first start out by saying um, how profound losing, you know, kids are, and anyone for that matter, but, you know, you see young people lose their life who, you know, may have had, you know, a deep vision for something, and to see it cut short is, is such, a, such a tragic event, and I think I think it's something that I know a lot of times we try to stay disconnected from them feelings of losing people, but in a way it's very important because, you know, something that I've learned through my life is, you know, never miss an opportunity to tell somebody how much they mean to you. Um, especially I've lost so many close people and, you know, I go back and I think, you know, only if I would have said this or if I would have said that. So, um, I just challenge anybody who's listening, you know, if you have someone that you love, you know, how go and tell them that you love them, you know, and that's one thing that is promised to us is death. And, and you know, we never know when it's going to happen. So, you know, make sure, you know, you don't live with any regrets like I have, you know, which I'll get into that later on. But on another note, um, so last week I shared the, my full story pretty much, and I'll give a brief synopsis of, of my story. So I started out, um, around five years old. I can remember my first memory and both my parents were on drugs. My mom was a prostitute and in and out of jail. So I never received any attention from them. And I suffered from abandonment issues for, for many, many years. And, and I still feel the effects from abandonment issues. However, I have addressed them. So um, what I did was I was very curious at a young age. And, and I, I tried to ultimately fit in with my mother because I wanted to be accepted um, during school projects, um, field trips. 
you know, my parents were the only ones who never came. And it, it was very embarrassing to have to lie to kids and say, oh, well, they didn't come for this reason or or so. It took a big toll on me throughout my my education in school. Um, there was no accountability at home, so I just you know didn't care about anything. I had no purpose. And um, something that I like to stress to young people is finding your purpose. And um, I feel like if we don't have a purpose in life, we don't fear consequences. And you know, for many years, I was so disconnected to not having a purpose, which you know, led me to 11 years in prison, starting off as a juvenile um, at the first time, um, 14, and all the way up until I was 29 was my last time in prison. I'm 33 now. However, um, going back a little bit, in 2012, April 23rd to be exact, um, I found my mother dead of a heroin overdose, and um, that that was just something that really, really changed my life for the worse at that time. Um, to even go back further, the first time I entered the criminal justice system was at eight years old. So, you know, I had this, this, I left this path of destruction behind of just complete chaos that I'm still cleaning up to this day, although I've, you know, I've, I have now almost four years off of drugs, prison, everything. So, um, I can say, you know, if you put in the work and tell yourself that, you know what, I'm going to make something of myself, you know, you can do it. And, you know, I'm living proof and i and that's what I want my message to be to everyone that, I don't care where you come from, who you was raised by, what, you know, what gender you are, what race you are, you know, we can only hold ourselves back. Yeah, um, Brian, did you want to mention any more of your story before we go to commercial break? You, you have a... So, like I was saying, I entered the criminal justice system at eight years old, and that would lead to um, in and out of prison for quite some time. Um, when I turned 15... I live in Delaware, which is on the East Coast, and at that time, they didn't have a program in my state, so they sent me a thousand miles away to a to a juvenile prison in Iowa, which I was there for a year. Never had any visits, or um, only my mother only answered the phone a couple times, and all that, you know. I, I didn't know how to deal with emotions. When I was a kid, there was no emotions. I wasn't allowed to feel or, you know, crying was for uh, babies. And, you know, so I was very bitter um, growing up. And I actually just learned how to smile last, about a little, about a year and a half ago was my first genuine smile. And it's the most amazing thing now to smile. Um, so I'll explain a lot more after the commercial break, but, um, prison was a big part of my life and a big part of my success as well. Um, let me see what we got about 30 seconds. Want to hold off here? 30 seconds. That sounds good. 
It's not a hard 30 either, Brian. A-Rod can fudge it a little bit, too, if you're if you're in the heart of it. It's all good. Um, yeah, so, so Brian's story is really incredible, and uh, he learned so much in his life, and he shares so much. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I would encourage you to go back and, and look at our last episode because you'll hear the entire story and all the life lessons that you learned. Um, so we're about to cut to commercial break. We'll be back. In just a couple minutes, everyone, uh, with the rest of Brian's story, and then he's going to start giving us uh, some of his content that he shares with his students now. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, I know, Kev, you just kind of heard Brian's story a little bit for the first time. And I know Kevin's going to go back and listen to the, the full episode from last week. Um, yeah, I was just wondering, since this is the first time you're hearing Brian's story, if you had any questions that jumped to your head initially, or if, if I can just let Brian keep rolling. Yeah, no, I think, I, I mean, I know, um, it's an amazing story and you, you have, uh, I wouldn't say not stop talking about it, but just been raving about how incredible a story it is. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to hearing it and then ask the questions later. For sure. Absolutely. All right, Brian, all yours, love. <laughs> all right. So. Um, I guess everybody has a turning point in their life. And um, so I'm going to take you to the point for me where I really decided, you know what, I'm going to change my life. And so after my mother passed away, I got on drugs and I mean, I was already on drugs, but things got incredibly worse. Somebody froze. 
Um, so th- things got incredibly worse, and you know, I just continued to live without purpose. You know, there was just nothing that I had to look forward to in my life. So I didn't care if I lived, if I died. I just wanted to stay high. I just wanted to numb myself. And um, so I had become a habitual offender in the state of Delaware, which they have a class A and a class B, which a class A is three violent felony convictions in a lifetime. Class B is four nonviolent felony convictions in a lifetime. And I was a class B habitual offender. So what that meant was if I picked up any more felonies, I would get the maximum charge. So if a robbery charge carried two to 20 years, the 20 years would be my minimum. So it would be 20 to life. So I was trying to stay away from committing serious offenses. So I was doing a lot of shoplifting, petty theft things of that nature to get drugs and I was stealing from a Walmart and I ended up getting tackled as I walked out of Walmart which I resisted which turned a shoplifting into a robbery I had no clue this was going to happen and on the way to the police station I found that I was being charged with robbery so I knew I was looking at 20 to life and I was 29 years old And I was just like, wow, I can't believe this is really going to happen to me. You know, I have been in jail with people who were serving life sentences. And I used to wonder, like, how how they could do it. And then here I was about to serve, you know, a life sentence. So when I got to jail that time, something different happened. Something that hadn't happened since I couldn't since I was probably you know, four or three years old, but I broke down and I just cried. Like, you know, all these years of just bitter feelings pushed inside of me. And, you know, they say pressure bust pipes and I had so much pressure inside. I just let it all go. And I hit my knees and I cried out and I just said, man, God, please give me another chance at life. So When I went to court that Thursday, it was about a week later, something amazing happened. And there was this public defender who was known for not helping people. And, you know, I knew I was going to have him because he was the one who was always there on this particular day. So they take me out of the bullpen. They take me in this little room and this guy walks in. I'd never seen him before. And over the years, I had got familiar with a lot of the people's faces in the courthouse. So he walks in and he says, Brian Lorenzi. And I said, yes, sir. He said, was your mother's name Carol? I said, yes, sir. He said, she was a great friend of mine. We grew up together. He said, I'll be your public defender today. He said, The regular public defender is on vacation this week, and I'll be filling in for him. This guy traveled two hours away to another courthouse to fill in, which was, uh, I mean, I don't believe in luck too much but or coincidence. But anyway, I, I begged this man to please, you know, get this felony charge dropped. And at that point in my life, after that cry out that I had, I felt 
I felt something I never felt before. I mean, I felt rejuvenated. I felt like there was so much weight lifted off of my shoulders. So he went and spoke to the prosecutor and he came back and they had a plea offer for 15 days in jail and they would drop the robbery charge. And I mean, I'm telling you, I signed that plea that plea bargain so fast because I didn't want nobody to change their mind. And I knew that wasn't the end. I knew I still had to go in front of the judge and it was up to the judge to, you know, go with the plea or deny it. So I go in front of this judge who I'd seen on many, many occasions. And I mean, I was shaking. This was the first time in my life that I was actually feared being in jail. So I remember he leans back in his chair and he drops his glasses. And what I mean by drop them, he dropped them on his face a little bit. And he started reading my, my criminal record. And he had put emphasis on things that I did multiple times. And every time he, you know, repeated something, it penetrated through me. Like, I felt every word that came out of his mouth. And he says to me, Mr. Lorenzi, I don't know why I should even go with this plea offer. And I knew there was no magic word or nothing I could say that could really persuade him at that time. I knew it was completely in God's hands. And I told him the truth. I said, Your Honor, you shouldn't go with it. And I think that kind of caught him off guard because the majority of people plead for their life. I honestly wasn't going to be that upset if I would have got a life sentence that day because I knew all the wrongs I'd done in my life, I did it to myself. And I was willing to stand up and, you know, take responsibility. However, if I did get a blessing, I knew that things were going to change. And after he read my record to me, you know, and I told him, you know, you shouldn't accept it. He told me, I'm going to give you one more chance. And he said, I really think I'm going to see you again. And I, I don't know exactly what that meant besides he thought that I was going to be back in jail. <clears throat> right now, I'm in the process of working to get in front of him with another inmate as far as helping somebody out, you know, being somebody's voice, seeing him that way. So I went back to the jail. I served the 15 days. And when I got released, I was jobless, homeless, familyless, hopeless. And I mean, I absolutely had nobody in my life. You know, all my family had passed away. And um, for the first time in my life, man, I was determined to do the right thing. I wasn't putting a discount on my life any longer. I knew at that point I was going to do the next right thing all the time. I knew at that point I was going to I was going to live with integrity. And I knew what I was up against. I knew my back was against the wall. And when your back's against the wall, you have two options. You can tap out or you can push back. And I started pushing back. And from that point, my only option was a tent. 
and it was winter time. Winters are cold here. Put this tent in the woods, and I lived in this tent for five months with my girlfriend. And, you know, we made every single day count. Um, we did any and everything that would benefit us into a way that we could learn, grow together. Um, I mean, I appreciated every hard day. I appreciated every cold day. It was all a blessing in disguise. It really was, man, because that that situation today has molded me into such a better person. And, and I truly wouldn't trade it in for anything. Um, I feel like I have paid the price for a lot of people. And I'm okay with that because having somebody come to me and say, Brian, man, because of you, my life is different now, is the second best feeling next to falling in love. And, and I can truly say that I've had so many people come to me and say that. And, like, that's something, you know, years back, I would have never thought, you know, because I, I never influenced people in that kind of way. So, so Brian, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I love that you, you're sharing the story. I wish we could have almost paired the two hours together so everyone knows the full story because you just have so many life lessons that you crammed into the, that first hour. Um, is there, we have a couple minutes left before the break. Is there anything else you wanted to share with your story before we go to the break? And then when we come back, we can jump into what you're doing now with youth in the community. So, um, after the tent, we, we moved it. Well, we found out that she was pregnant. And one thing I didn't share on this episode was my first child. Um, I picked my daughter up who was two days old from the hospital. Her mother gave birth from prison behind something that I did. And I had picked this, my daughter up who was two days old and I had her for about two hours before I got her caught up in a drug bust which was the best thing that could have happened at that point because, I mean, I was on a one-way trip to uh, the grave and here was this poor innocent baby, you know, who didn't even ask to be here, was just on the floor crying while I'm, you know, steady injecting myself with drugs. So I was a ticking time bomb and um, I lost my first child. So when... When we were in the tent, we found out we had another baby on the way. I knew at that point that was so much more motivation to get myself together so I could be a father to my son, who, which we were having. And then, you know, we moved into our own home. And that was like, it felt so good to get out of the woods. You know, no electricity, hard ground, cold. You know, when it was rain, we got the tent wet inside it was just awful experience so yeah I'm, I'm just that was it was interesting you're talking about living in a tent because i've worked in so many homeless shelters uh in in los angeles california and in vancouver canada and just met a lot of people that are living in tents and just them describing what it's like night after night to go through not knowing what's outside the tent and the weather and things like that so we're just going to go to a commercial break and then when we come back uh we'll finish brian's story and get into some of what he's doing now with the youth in his community
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Team Wealth Radio. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's show, I would highly encourage it. Uh, our guest is Brian Lorenzi, and he was our guest last week as well. And his story is so epic um, that we couldn't fit it all into one show. So he told the majority of his story last week. And he's just giving us a quick recap now of, of a little bit of his story. And then in a few minutes, um, he's going to talk about what he's doing now with youth in his community. So, Brian, take it away. So, um, like I said, when I, when I got out of prison that last time, I was on a mission to not only change myself, but change other people as well. And for once, I had purpose in my life. So after we moved out of the tent, we moved into our own home and, you know, here we went from a four person tent to a three bedroom home, two story basement. And we didn't know what to do with all the space. We stayed in our room for like six months just because it was just, you know, it, it was just so big. And I don't know, it's, it's always funny when I tell a story because like looking back, it's like, wow, I, you know, we couldn't believe that we finally made it out of this tent. So, um, at that point in time, you know, I just started continuing to work on myself and address my issues, which were my core issues. And I think many people are unaware of their core issues, which mine was abandonment was a big issue for me. And a lot of times, um, most people react off of their core issues and especially in young people, identifying their core issues is so, so imperative. That's something that I do teach now that I'll talk to talk about in a little bit. 
So as we're living in this house, you know, we're steady doing the next right thing and good things are starting to find us. So there was a newspaper company for the state of Delaware covered the whole state and they had got wind of my story and they asked if I was willing to do um, an article for the newspaper. This particular newspaper is called the News Journal. So I, I agreed to it. And at the time, I had just got promoted to this management position at my job. So first time I ever been a manager, you know, I was doing like really good at work. And I did this article given my story. Well, the company fired me for the newspaper article. And to be honest with you, that was a blessing in disguise as well. Because two days after, Delaware is an at-will state, so you can be fired for anything. If your boss wakes up and says, okay, I don't like this guy today because of his haircut, I'm going to fire him. They can do that. So I ended up getting fired. And for some reason, like, it didn't even bother me because I knew how many people this article was helping. So two days after being out of work, you know, my girlfriend's stressing. She don't know how we're going to pay the bills. Our son was just born. And I'm like, look, man, things are going to be fine. So two days later, this detox that I spent so much time in throughout my addiction called me. And I didn't even put an application in there. But they, they wanted to interview me and hire me. They hired me on the spot to be an alcohol and drug counselor. And I was there for two years, you know, and that's when I really started to see the impact that I had on other people who shared the same struggles that I did. So every day I went to work, something that I really learned was the one who teaches learns twice. And it gave me an opportunity. I called the whole situation. I named it the mirror of truth. Because I got to see my old self in so many people. And, you know, here I was at this detox seven, eight times. And now I'm working there. And now I'm seeing other people come in and out seven, eight times. So it, it was just an incredible experience to be there and, you know, give back. So the, the newspaper article, they wanted to do another story. And... So we did a follow-up story about six months later, which, I mean, this story was just ridiculous. It was so, so awesome, man. It got so many views. I got so many good comments out of it and just people telling me how their lives were inspired by my story, which was the, the motive. So from that point, the attorney general of the state of Delaware had reached out to me and I was scared when I was first told by the journalist that he wanted to reach out because of my criminal record you know I was like did something come up from my past and she's like trust me just get a hold of him it's positive so he ends up calling me and he invited me to this luncheon it was a uh, it was a trying to think exactly what they called it. Anyway, it was it was a bunch of producers, um, about 70 producers from three states, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, 
and they were trying to come together to combat the heroin epidemic. And the attorney general wanted me to share my, my, my experience, my story, which I shared on the first show, the whole story. And these reporters were so touched by my story. Um, after that, I ended up on seven radio stations within six months, um, three news stations. So my name started really getting out there. And, um, you know, and that's what has led to what I do now, which I'm getting ready to get into. Um, so now, um, what I, I, st- I started a program last year called Reclaiming Your Life. And the reason I started, the reason I gave it that name, when I got out of jail that last time, the, the thought that came to my head was, I'm going to reclaim my life at all costs. I knew at that point my life was going to transform. I knew I was changing my mind. I was going to renew my mind. And I was going to be a better person by all means. So when I came up with this name of this group, it was called Reclaiming Your Life. Now, I didn't realize how big it was going to be, but I figured it'd be about 15 to 20 people. So the news got wind of me wanting to do this program in my in my city that I live in. And yeah. And um so so I went ahead and um I put this program together and after being on the news with it, sixty seven people showed up and I didn't have that kind of room for that many people. So the program was based on, I wanted an educational program, something that was different from NA or AA. I wanted something that you could come in, you could come in and you could vent, you could say whatever you wanted. Um, there was no filter. Another thing that we did was we got young kids to come in with their parents. If there was parents who were using drugs and kids that were going through that, something that I went through, it would give the, the kids a chance to open up and group to their parents. And we had so many great outcomes with doing that. I mean, on several occasions, man, I, to this day, there is still parents and their kids who have found new relationship within each other from this group. And I'm not saying that to like toot my horn, this is things that really, really transpired there. And, I mean, it was just phenomenal. And so the group continued on for about six months. And the city that I live in, the neighbors, people started complaining because there wasn't no place for parking. It, it was just, it got really crazy. And at that point, I said, you know what? I'm going to suspend the group and I'm just going to start doing outreach to where I can go to different places and speak. Um, so overall, the group was such a success. People were very upset about the group closing, um, which I told everybody it was temporary because I did want to reopen once I got a new location. But that's when my speaking career took off. So I haven't had a whole lot of time to give back to my group. So then I started 
going to high schools. And it started out with one high school, which the capital of our state is Dover, Delaware. And there's a big school district called Capital School District in Dover. And I got connected with the whole school system there. And they had a program with kids called 21st Century. And it was kids who came from broken homes who, you know, some of them had been, you know, arrested. There was one girl who had already been shot. I mean, it was just these kids were, you know, they didn't have purpose in their life. And they were going through a lot of struggles like I had. So... I know there's two ways to influence human behavior. One is manipulation and the other is inspiration. And I felt like it's my job to inspire these kids. It's my job to plant seeds in these kids. And I'll touch on more of this after, you know, we go get back from the break. Okay. Thanks, Brian. We still have a, a, just about a minute left. Um, So I just wanted to ask you, you've been talking, you talked to a juvenile detention center last week and you were at another place. Where was the other place that you were speaking at this last week? The other place is about 40 kids. Um, It's called the Seaford House, which it's the same organization that took my daughter. It's called Children and Families First. So now I do work for them. So it's kind of an interesting story because... At one time, they were in my life. They took my child away because of drugs. And now I speak to their kids. So the kids who get taken away, they go to this program. It's called Children and Families First. And uh, that's where that one was. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. We'll, we'll go to commercial break, and then we'll be right back to talk about what you talk about in these programs. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, so we've been talking to Brian Lorenzi. He's told us a little bit about his story. Again, if you missed last week, his entire story is in that. So I encourage you to go check that out. Um, we've just talked a little bit about how he's passionate about going out in the community and talking to young people. And one of the things he's most passionate about talking to young people about is fortitude or like he likes to describe it as inner strength. So, Brian, can you share a little bit about us <clears throat> that with us? So... The main mission for me doing this was I wanted to give people, kids, the experience without the actual experience. So I wanted them to take a look at my life and say, all right, this can get pretty bad. Because most of the kids that I speak to are high-risk kids. So they're already going through a phase of their life where they're starting to experience with the same things that I did. So... It's not my job to scare anyone. That's not what I'm for. I'm there for support. I'm there for education. I'm too much of a realist to know that I can't change all the kids, but I'm more of an optimist to get up every day and try. And one thing that I really like to touch on with the kids is fortitude. And the definition of fortitude is something that enables someone to encounter hardship and adversity through courage. So what's courage? Courage is simply saying, I'm going to try again tomorrow, right? We all fall short, but how do we, how do we respond from our adversities? So for, now inner strength is built the same way outer strength is built, right? So you're in a gym and you're working out and you're trying to get out of strength. So resistance is what builds strength, outer strength. Well, resistance builds inner strength too, just in a different way for one Peer pressure, right? Peer pressure is probably the number one reason why kids experience any negativity that they do. So the best way to build inner strength is by standing up for yourself and saying no. Being firm with your decisions because the minute that you become passive about it, people see an opening and that's when they will start the peer pressure. So the goal is to eliminate that, right? We don't want people to see any opportunity to get in. So you don't have to be aggressive, but you want to be firm and you want to assert yourself by standing up and saying, I don't stand for that, right? Because nobody's going to come at you and try to get into you if you come firm, right? So... And, and I try to really, really pound this into the kids. And, and, and I know steady drips of water will wear a hole in a rock. And I say that to say this. When things seem to be impossible in our life, 
we have to be that steady drip of water, right? And, and that's what I do with the kids. I, you know, I, I, I steady, for one, they connect with me, so they really listen to what I have to say rather than somebody who may not have any, not saying that they can't learn something from somebody else, but the kids seem to connect better with somebody who has been through their struggle. Um, so they really take heed to what I say to them. And I wish I had a lot more time to get into all the details of um, some of the exercises that I like doing with them. I like to challenge the kids to think outside of the box. Um, something that I was working on is a one-year um, vision. And it's where, I, like, if I have 20 kids, I'll get 20 poster board. And today is what? Uh, April 9th, 2018. So it would be April 9th, 2019. And then we would get old magazines and we would cut out our one-year vision, right? And, and the goal to that is, is you're seeing it, right? So you're seeing what you want your life to look like a year from now. So vision is so important because it's one thing to think about it in your mind, but to actually wake up and look at it every single day is so much more motivating than just trying to remember it. So um, there, there's a lot of lessons I like to, to work with the kids and just show them that, you know what, there's so much better stuff out there for you to do than you know, go through prison or try drugs or, and, um, you know, I'm so thankful for my experience because I have this passion and love for young kids. And now that I have young kids, you know, I want to be in a position as I am to mold them, you know, so they can grow up and do the same thing. You know, I feel like I paid the ultimate price and I broke the chain. So, you know, I hope that my kids or any kids that I ever come encounter with, that they don't have to experience what I did. So, Brian, you talked about the vision and how you do that uh, exercise with the teens. So what, what is your one-year vision then for reclaiming your life? Where do you see yourself in one year from now with reclaiming your life? So I would like to... I would like to, I would love to have a, a, a building built somewhere, you know, a, a nice parking spot, parking lot, excuse me. That way I don't have to worry about people, you know, complaining or, or being negative about the situation. And I know from the experience that I had with the building that I used, I know if I had my own location, it would be an awesome thing for the community. And that's what I would like to do. I want, I'm not going to necessarily say a year, but I will get back to it and it will be successful. Okay. So then let me ask you this. We have three minutes left. Where do you see reclaiming your life in 10 years from now? What would you, what's the grand vision for it? All right. So so I see it as a place to where where kids, anyone, anyone who is struggling, who can just come anytime, you know, this can be a place 
you know, somebody's upset and they want to go to a location where they just want to go let it all out, you know, there's going to be a place for that. And there's going to be plenty of other activities. There would be multiple staff there who would be trained on dealing with kids and, and how to help reinvent, you know, their their lifestyles and just just be passionate role models for kids. So um, in 10 years, it's going to happen. There's either there's going to be something along the lines of what I'm saying. So it's coming. It's going to happen. Uh, it'll be a lot sooner than 10 years. But um, when it does happen, I'll be sure to let you know about it. And uh, we'll do the show from inside of Reclaiming Your Life. So Amazing. I, I love it. I can't wait to to be there. And hopefully we'll get you in Vancouver sometime soon uh, to to do to work on one of your programs. I'm I'm in talks with a couple of well-known organizations in North America right now to pair Teen Well. So hopefully we can get Reclaiming Your Life as part of that as well. Uh, so, Brian, thank you so much again for being on the show. Kevin's having a little bit of trouble with his microphone, everyone. So he's been a little bit quieter than normal. Not that he usually has It's kind of working things. sometimes, but I heard <laughs> Amazing story. Yeah, that's awesome. So hopefully we'll get Kev's uh, microphone back up and working for next week. Brian, thank you for being on the show yet again. However we can support you, just let us know. And for anyone that wants to contact Brian, we've got all of his contact information uh, in the bio that'll be alongside this show and the recording afterwards. So thank you again, everyone, for tuning into Team Wealth. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show.